The following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. You know, I want to ask, I want to start with you kids this morning. I want to ask you guys, how many of you kids were really looking forward to Christmas this year? I mean, really looking forward to it. I want to ask you, did you get a lot of gifts already? Did you get a lot of gifts already? Kids, you did? Yeah. But I also want to ask you one more thing. Whose birthday is it? Jesus. Well, come on, kids. One more time. Whose birthday is it? Jesus. It's Jesus' birthday. And I, am, I just want to say, you guys got up early on Christmas to check out your presents, but you also remembered to come to Jesus' birthday party. Amen? This is Jesus' birthday party. Um, a lot of people forget that Christmas is about Jesus' birthday party, and they kind of stick with their own convenient things to do in the morning. And my prayer for you guys this morning, I, I was up last night praying, and I was like, Lord, what, what, how should I pray? And I felt the Lord say to pray for your blessing, your blessing, everyone who put Jesus first on his birthday that the Lord wants to bless. So I just want to say that. I really believe God's going to do something because this is an indication of your life that you put Jesus first on his birthday. And whenever you put God first, he does amazing things. But it wouldn't really be a birthday party for Jesus if we didn't sing happy birthday, right? I mean, have you ever been to a birthday party for somebody and you get gifts and you have cake and you don't sing happy birthday? No? So can we do this? Can we all stand right now and sing happy birthday to Jesus? Let's do this really quick. Come on. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. All right, you guys can be seated here. The cool thing about it is it's his birthday, and we've been given gifts ever since, which I think is absolutely amazing. Want to welcome you and thank you again for making Jesus your priority this morning. He is definitely the reason for the season, and I can guarantee you one thing, because God says it, that if you put him first in your life, if you put God first in your life, he will give you the desires of your heart. If you take away one thing today, take that one home with you. That's the best gift God can give you is this promise that if you put him first, he's got the rest handled. He guarantees that. I found that to be true. That's absolutely amazing. So I want to talk to you guys this morning about when you put God first, just like you guys are doing on Christmas morning. Back at the original Christmas, there were people who put God first. And because they put God first, they got in on this amazing Christmas experience. But there's other people who don't put God first and they completely miss out on the Christmas experience. So I want to share that with you this morning. And I want to, we're going to have a brief service today, but I want to cover uh, the main Christmas passage. And this is how it was set up. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2 today. If you have a Bible, there's one in the chair in front of you or on your device, your phone, however you read it. I want to set it up this way. Uh, you guys have gotten this one on your Christmas card out of Isaiah chapter 7, and this is how we will know when the baby Jesus will come, when the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior that the world has been waiting for, and the Jewish scriptures say he's going to come, 
and everyone's trying to figure out when, Isaiah goes, this is how you're going to know. And he says, therefore, Isaiah 7, 14, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she shall call him his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Everyone say God with us. Not just God's servant, not just God's miracle worker, not just God's messenger, not just God's prophet, God with us. This is the prophecy. When he comes, he's going to be the Messiah. He's going to be the Messiah, the Christ, but he's going to be God with us. So this is a major deal when Jesus is born. Unlike any other birth in the history of humanity, this is one the world has been waiting for, for God to send his son to do something we could never do for ourselves. And I will tell you one thing, when you read this uh, and you read every, all these passages in scripture, there's one thing you can know. If God promises you something in your life, if God has a promise for you, it will happen. If God, pro- if God says it, it will happen. And you need to know that. And I don't know if you take notes this morning, but if you, if you do take notes, you might want to write down, if God says it, it's going to happen. Nothing's impossible with God. But if God says it, it's going to happen. The angel came to Mary, said, God chose you, and this is what's going to go on. And she said, wow, this is unbelievable. It's hard to get my head around this. It's hard to understand this. But yes, I'm willing if that's what God says. Even though it sounds totally impossible, nothing's impossible with God. God said it, bam, and it happened. You got to know that in your life. Know that. That's a Christmas little miracle message for you to hold on to. So Luke chapter 2, I want to look at a few sections here. Here's the Christmas story. And uh, there's amazing revelation in this. And hopefully we can hide some of this in our own heart. It starts like this in Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place when Canarius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea in Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for their baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped them in cloths and placed them in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So Joseph and Mary travel a long, long journey. And I got to say, Mary is very pregnant. Can you say very pregnant? Because there's like a little pregnant. You guys have seen a little pregnant, right? Little, little pregnant? See people you know a little bit. And then you see like, whoa, pretty pregnant. You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about? And then you guys see, how many of you guys seen so very pregnant things are like, you know what I mean? She is very pregnant, very pregnant. And she's going all the way to Bethlehem, all the way on this journey. Very, very pregnant, long, tedious journey. And they finally arrive and she's ready to give birth to her firstborn son, and they knock at the local hotel. Hi, it's us, ready to have a baby. Really need a room. Sorry, we can't help you. And Joseph is like, look, listen guys, this is so serious. My wife's ready to have a baby now. Please give us a room. Sorry, we can't help you. And when I think about this, so many people kind of have this attitude in their own life. 
Because it comes sometimes when God is asking you and I to do something, when God wants to do something amazing, when you and I can get to experience Christmas or get to experience Christ, sometimes there's things in our life that may inconvenience you and me just a little bit. There may be some inconvenience to it. And we can either choose convenience or we can experience Christ. And I'll just be honest with you, they're not the same. The people inside this inn if they were willing to be a little bit inconvenienced, they would have experienced Christmas in a way that would have just changed their life. But guess what? A whole lot of people, including the innkeeper, missed out on the Christmas experience. They completely missed it because they weren't going to be inconvenienced. There was no room. And what they say is, look, we don't have any room. And you keep knocking on the door and bothering us, Joseph, and stop waking us up. And we can't help you. And we're not going to give up one of our beds. So the answer is no. But listen, Since you guys are so desperate, our animals are out back. That's where we feed them. There's a bunch of hay out there. We feed our animals. You know, they're eating and slobbering. You know how animals are. But but if you're desperate, why don't you go back there, clear yourself out a little spot. You'll just move the animal, push the animals out of the way. And you find your own little spot. It's kind of like a cave back there. It's where the animals are. And so they send them out there and they say, go out there and find a place for you and your baby. The second point this morning is that some people just don't make enough room for Jesus. Some people don't make, if you don't make enough room, you won't experience him. If you do make room, you'll experience him more. If you make more room for Jesus, you'll experience him even more. And that's the narrative throughout the whole New Testament. People who made room for Jesus got more and more experience of what God wants to do. They seek him first. God gives them the desires of their heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. And if you make room for him, you will definitely see him. I know that to be true in my life. I have to make room all the time. God's showing me, make a little more room for me. And you might have thought you already made enough room for Jesus. But how many of you guys realize that Jesus sometimes is asking for a little more room? You guys notice that? I've noticed that. And when he does, will we say, I'm not going to be inconvenienced? Or will we say, you know what? You're Christ, and I want to get in on every experience you have. And I, yes, I will, be uh, I will be inconvenienced for your glory. It's amazing. So let me ask you kids, if Jesus came to your house, baby Jesus was willing to be born, would you give up your bed? Would you give up? Baby Jesus was coming. If Mary came to your house, knocking on the door, can we come in? It's really chilly tonight. Can we come in and have our baby here? Would you give up your bed? Would you? Mikey, you got a comfortable bed. You sure you would give it up? I know because I tuck you in every night. You would give up your bed? Good boy. Would you guys give up your bed for the baby? Because this is what it comes down to. It comes down to we either make room or we don't. We'll be inconvenienced or we won't. Uh, But when you do, you are so glad that you do. So finally, the baby Jesus is born and they wrap him up in cloths. And he's in a manger, which is a feeding trough for animals. You guys have seen the horses come up and drink out of the big bucket. They're drinking and slobbering, right? That's where Jesus was born. They dumped the water out. They threw in some hay. Probably all slobbering germs all around. Just do the best you can. And that's where Jesus was put. He wasn't put in a crib. He wasn't put in a pack and play. He wasn't put in a bassinet. He was put in an animal trough. The Son of God came into this world in an animal trough. And it tells me the great lengths that God went through so that his son can be with sinners. Isn't that amazing? 
God's like, I'll do anything. I'm going to come from here. I'm going to leave the heavenly abode. I'm going to come down as a little fragile baby in a place where there's not even any room for me. And I'll be in an animal feeding trough. And I'm so humble, I'm okay with that. It's just amazing to me, this Christmas story. So if you had a choice, hopefully you'd give up your bed. And it moves on in verse 8 and it says this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people today. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those to whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left, they had gone into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now, the shepherds, how many would like a job as a shepherd? Anybody? A cool job. Out there at night, beautiful green grass, cozy little sheep, right? Nice little stars at night, you know, looking around. The only thing is once in a while, a wolf comes. Once in a while, the wolf comes. And a shepherd's got to take out the wolf. But other than that, it's beautiful. The sheep, they're mellow, the sky. And all of a sudden, they're sitting there and an angel shows up. And in the Bible, angels are usually big. There's people reacting to angels and they're usually afraid because they're just big and they're like glowing and they they don't know what to do. And and in this case, these guys are scared to death because they've never seen anything like it. And this angel shows up and says, listen, don't be afraid because God has amazing news for you. In fact, the news I'm going to tell you is not just for you, it's for the whole world. The message of Christmas is not just for you, it's for the whole world. And he said, tonight it's happening and you're personally invited to see it. Now, shepherds are the lowest of the low. They, they rank so low in society, but God says, I don't recognize that. God is not partial. He doesn't look at people up here and down here like a lot of people do. Jesus is like, I'll be born in a manger and I'll go after the people with the lowest job ever because that's the heart of God. And he goes to these shepherds and he says, the one came tonight, the Messiah, the Savior. They knew what that means. The one who takes away the sins of the world is born tonight and he's right over in that town right there and you guys can go see him. And because the world has been waiting so long for this announcement, This announcement, people have been waiting for 2,000 years for this announcement. Since it was such a big announcement in the heart of God, ready to come out, waiting, 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 and finally tonight, the angel just doesn't sing it alone. There's a whole host of angels, a host, sounds like hundreds showing up and just singing glory to God in the highest and some amazing thing. You heard some beautiful voices earlier this morning, right guys? Wasn't that beautiful singing this morning? Yeah, Uh, amen. On this whole other level, on this whole other level, they're sitting in the field going, what? With this message, all these angels singing, they're like, this is amazing. So heaven is celebrating when Jesus is born. And so they say this, why don't you go into the town and see for yourself what has happened tonight? And the shepherds say, let's go check this thing out. We got to go see for ourselves. Kids, I want to tell you something. If you're here today with your mom and dad, your mom and dad, they love Jesus, right? They love Jesus. But listen, you got to find out about Jesus for yourself. You know that? 
You got to find out about your mom and dad love Jesus and what they tell you about Jesus is true. But you got to find out for yourself sometimes. You got to pray on your own asking God for things. You got to learn to trust God on your own for certain things. And you're going to find out your faith is going to get very personal, personal when you start to trust Jesus. Now, when we look at this first Christmas night, it's hard to really know exactly what it would have looked like in our imagination. But we have a brief video clip, and I want to show you this really quickly to show you what it might have looked like on that first Christmas night. Well, that would be nice to be there, wouldn't it? It may have looked a little like that. The wise men might have got there a little later, but the principle's the same. Don't return your nativity set to Costco because of the the wise men, okay? The, The point is this. The point is this. Everybody came in faith. Everybody in this story, they came in faith. Joseph and Mary, they made the journey. The, 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 the shepherds, they came in faith. And the passage goes on, and just out of respect for time, we're going to have to summarize if the worship team could come up. But I just want to say this. The shepherds saw the glory of God. When they saw the baby, the baby Jesus, the Son of God, they saw the glory of God. They couldn't contain it. They had to go out and tell people. It says that when they left there, they couldn't believe what they said. They had to go out and share this message. I would suggest to you that the glory of God is your story. God's glory is your story. When God has shown you something in your own life, and there's things in your life that you know God showed up and God did things, you know what they are in your own life. Whatever those are, that becomes your story. God's glory is your story. And whatever you've seen God do in your life and you know God did it, then let's be like the shepherds and share what you know God did. You don't have to convince anybody of anything. That's not our job. But to share the glory of God, that becomes your story. Whatever you've seen God do personally in your life, that you know without a shadow of doubt God is real and he's faithful and he showed up and here's why, that becomes your story and we see it here. And the last thing I just want to conclude is this. When Mary was asked by the angel, The angel said, the Lord's chosen you, Mary, and you're chosen to be the one. A lot going on in Mary's mind right there. Wow, that's amazing. Why me? I don't deserve this. But at the same time, the angel says, listen, the Holy Spirit wants to birth a child in you. If you will carry God's son, would you be willing to do that? And as amazing as that sounds, Mary says, wow, this is amazing, it's profound, it's humbling, but at the same time, do you have any idea what people are going to think of me? Do you have any idea what I might go through? They might disown me, not married yet. There's a lot of things culturally that go on. There's a lot going on in her mind right now of this pressure. Joseph, the same way in Matthew's gospel, Joseph finds out and Joseph says, no, I, I, wow, What are people going to think? I I, I can't go through with this. All these tensions we have in our own minds, in our own lives of, oh, no, what if? Oh, no, what if? I better not because if I do, what will people think? And, and and, and And a desire to maybe go the other way. And the shepherds in the field, they get this thing. What if we leave the flocks and go and see? What if there isn't something to see? What will happen with our job? What Should we even leave these sheep to go and see? What if we have these things in our life all the time? The wise men came from thousands of miles away based on a prophecy from the stars, the way they lined up and they go, that must be that Israel's king's born. What if we leave with these gifts and go on this long journey that's gonna take a long time and what if we don't find them? 
What are they going to think? What is everyone else in Babylon going to think about us? I want to encourage you this scripture. First of all, when you put God first, he will bless you. And the second thing I want to tell you just in closing today is that God understands you. Jesus understands every struggle that you're struggling with. Everything that you have to grapple with, the things that stress you out, the things that weigh you down, Jesus understands. And this is probably the biggest miracle of Christmas. Not only that God's son came humbly in a manger to pay for the price of the sins of the world, that is monumental. But he also came to earth so that you would be able to relate to God in a new way. And I believe God relates to us in a whole new way since the son of God walked on planet earth. You see, Jesus, when he went to school, There were probably some bullies in the school, just like kids. Maybe there's some kids in your school that are mean. Any kids ever have anybody mean in school? Anybody? Yeah. Okay. Jesus would have went through that too. Where you run and you fall down and you skin your knee. Jesus would have went through that too. Do you realize that? Everyone thinks Jesus like walked off the ground, like his feet didn't touch. And he just walked around. Holy. He was a little kid like you guys. And he learned like you did. And there were some people around him that weren't that nice, that weren't that kind. And there was things happening around him just like you experienced. And moms and dads, I'm talking to you. Adults, I'm talking to you. There's things in your life you see and you go, wow. And Jesus is saying, I know, I get this. It says in Hebrews 4.14, since we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Listen to this. For we don't have a high priest who's unable to empathize, empathize, empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who's been tempted in every way just as we are. He's gone through the same stuff, the same struggles, the same weight, the same pressures as we have. So let us approach God's throne with grace and with confidence so that we we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is saying this, God's son came to earth and lived as a baby and walked through life And finally, his public ministry started from 30 to 33, and he paid the price for the sins of the world. But listen, he experienced everything that you're going to experience, the pressure, the weight, the doubts, the concern. He did everything without sinning, but he he can feel it all, and because of it, he can empathize with you. That means you're not alone when you're going through a weight, when you have a pressure, when you have a struggle, kids, adults, all of you, you got to know. We have a great high priest who empathizes with you, and he says, for that reason, because he empathizes with you, you can come boldly into his presence. You don't have to say, well, God, I don't know about this issue. God's like, I get it. My son became flesh. I get it. So this Christmas, understand that God gets you. Did you know that God gets you? I mean, he really gets you. Through what Jesus did, God gets you. You got to know that. So if there's two things to take away, put them first. He'll give you all the desires of your heart. And God gets you because he came flesh and he walked on earth. I want to close in prayer right now and ask God to seal these things in our heart and just uh, pray that we'll just continue with our uh, Christmas celebration with family, friends, and everything else you got going on today. Uh, but mighty God, we thank you for your word, the power of it, Lord God. I pray that you would show us, Lord, just like today, how we stop everything, festivities, plans, maybe expectations of others. And we stop and we come and seek you first. And Lord, I believe you want to bless and honor some people for doing that, Lord God. I just pray for everyone who put you first today that you would reveal yourself to them in such a profound way. And I also pray like the wise, uh, the shepherds, God, that when they saw your glory, they would turn around and share their story. I pray, Lord, your glory is our story, that we would share it, Lord. 
And I also just lastly pray, God, that you became flesh and lived among us. You went through everything we would. You were tempted in every way we were. You empathize with us, which means you, you, you feel what we're feeling in our heart. We don't have to hide that from you. We can be very real with you. You, you already get it. You feel for us when we're feeling deep things. And you say, I get you. So, Lord, I just pray everyone would know today that you really get us. You really understand us. And because you do, it doesn't have to be a weird religious thing that relationally we can come right into your presence freely like a little kid would run into see their mom or their dad. We can run right into your presence and say, God, I love you, but here's what I'm dealing with. So I just pray this Christmas you would come alive in our lives in a whole new way. We make more room for you. And we thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name and God's people said, amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. We pray that this message has blessed you. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit us at valleymetrochurch.com.